chapter twenty eight of in search of treasure by horatio elger jr this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty eight the island at last guy was not without fears that captain richmond would on some pretext decline to carry out his contract and refuse to visit the agalagus islands a captain at sea is such an autocrat that he often takes indefensible liberties and transcends his rightful authority he can make things exceedingly uncomfortable for anyone for whom he feels a dislike or cherishes a grudge it soon became evident however that whatever opinion he might have of guy's enterprise he didn't intend to interpose any obstacle to his visit to the islands abner titcombe though for the last ten years a blacksmith was from the age of twenty to thirty years a seaman and had risen to be a first mate he could in an emergency have taken the place of captain and commanded a vessel he assured guy from his own observations that captain richmond had changed his course and was steering in the direction of the islands that relieves me very much said guy i didn't know what the captain's obstinacy might have led him to do he may still be able to thwart you even after reaching the island returned titcombe i won't borrow trouble in advance said guy the first step is to reach the island after that i will manage to carry out the rest of the program the crew consisted of irish and americans with one exception this was guido leporelli a swarthy italian who was upon the whole a good sailor he was short and of light weight but strong and muscular he held little intercourse with the rest of the crew partly perhaps because he was not a good english scholar and could not speak the language fluently though he understood sea terms guido was as a rule quiet and well-behaved and had not incurred any rebukes from the officers one morning however as guy made his appearance on deck he beheld the captain in a furious rage confronting the italian who in stature was greatly his inferior what the trouble was about guy did not learn but it ended in the captain felling the italian to the deck by a powerful blow guido rose slowly his swarthy face was pale and his eyes gleamed with a fierce and baleful light but he said nothing now go to work you dog cried the captain only guy noticed the terrible rage visible in the italian's face he spoke of it to abner titcombe captain richmond has made a dangerous enemy he said who is it the italian sailor then guy related what he had seen what can he have done inquiry showed that there had been no cause for the captain's violent outbreak he was in one of his fits of periodical irritation and guido unfortunately for him chanced to be in his way and received the benefit of it i shouldn't like to have an italian for an enemy said titcombe thoughtfully but it is captain richmond's lookout he may some day repent his violence 
there were others who shared mr titcombe's views but gradually the affair faded out of remembrance guido leporelli seemed himself to have forgotten his ill-treatment he went about his duties in the same quiet way he had always done as for captain richmond he never troubled himself to think of the italian if anyone had suggested that he stood in danger he would have laughed at the idea he was a tall strong man weighing not far from two hundred pounds while leporelli would scarcely have tipped the scales at one hundred and twenty the weather was delightful the temperature was warm and balmy with no signs of a storm and day after day the osprey glided along under smiling skies how are you enjoying the voyage guy asked abner titcombe so much that i should like to see it prolonged but for one thing what is that i am anxious to reach the island so as to settle the question about the treasure you are anxious to become rich then guy it isn't so much that but mr saunders at my suggestion has invested a good deal of money in this expedition i don't want him to be a loser he would not blame you perhaps not but i should blame myself besides you know how the captain has derided the scheme yes i want to prove to him that he is in the wrong he calls mr saunders a blooming idiot and i have no doubt that he applies that name to me also well guy i hope you will succeed i am not over and above sanguine myself as you know i have heard and read of too many enterprises like yours and that makes me incredulous still you won't call me a blooming idiot even if i do fail said guy smiling no guy i think you are very far from an idiot i should be more likely to apply that name to the captain why on account of his treatment of the italian sailor leporelli doesn't seem to bear any grudge so far as we can judge from his conduct don't judge too hastily an italian and an indian have long memories for injuries since the conversation already reported between guy and the captain nothing further had been said guy would have been glad to speak but he saw that captain richmond was quite incredulous and it would be like having cold water dashed in his face to talk it over with him again had captain grover been in command guy would have had daily conferences with him but the two men were altogether different though he did not know the ship's reckoning guy was of the opinion that they must be very near the agelagus islands he longed to ask the captain but did not venture to do so it was captain richmond himself who broached the subject he was pacing the deck one afternoon when he met guy come here fenwick he said i want to speak to you guy joined him in his walk his heart beat quickly for he felt that the captain was about to speak to him on the subject nearest to his heart we are close to the agelagus islands said the captain abruptly tomorrow we shall probably sight some of them i am glad to hear it captain responded guy joyfully i don't know how many of them there are but i judge there may be a considerable number do you expect me to visit them all no captain richmond if you remember 
i read you a description of the one in which i feel an interest that description is so minute that i don't think we are likely to mistake it you don't know the relative position of the island whether it is the nearest to us or the furthermost no sir <laughs> that is not very encouraging if you will excuse my suggesting it i think it is likely to be the nearest and why the pirates would probably consider one island as good for their purpose as another and would select the first that presented itself that's all conjecture that is all i claim for it at any rate i hope your conjecture is a correct one i haven't much faith in your enterprise and i am anxious to be detained as short a time as possible captain richmond left guy and went to his cabin guy understood that he did not care to speak further on the subject early the next morning as guy lay on his bunk there was a loud knock at the door of his stateroom what's the matter he called out drowsily matter enough cried abner titcombe for it was he we are in sight of land guy sprang from his berth and ran up on deck there at the distance of half a mile lay a beautiful island a delightful sight after the thousands of miles of ocean they had traversed but best of all guy noted with wildly beating heart that it was well wooded to within a mile of the shore and toward the centre there was a hill or slight eminence perhaps a hundred and fifty feet in altitude it was evidently the island of which he was in search End of chapter 28